Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Skull Search Podcast. This is episode four, and we are going to be talking a broad overview of potential team needs for the 2021 offseason. My name is Tyler Fornis, and with me is a guy who is very well versed in not only the media landscape, but also when it comes to scouting players. Uh, this guy I really respect, and he is—he does a great job with the deep dives. And the man I'm talking about is Devin Jackson. Devin, how you doing, sir? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on, Tyler. Uh, excited to talk Minnesota Vikings football. Um, that's not something I imagined I would be saying uh, even last week or a couple weeks ago, but I'm excited to get this going. Absolutely. And the Vikings are a very interesting team, as we kind of talked about in the pre-show, because they are not your average four and six football team. This is PFF's second ranked offense in the National Football League, and they have some really good pieces on that offense. Justin Jefferson, it feels like a steal at 22. Adam Thielen is PFF's third ranked receiver. Kirk Cousins is playing out of his mind, except for a couple games like the Atlanta game which is just classic Kirk Cousins. The offensive line has been capable, and the defense has shown flashes, and you can see them growing and growing with confidence every week, but they're still void of talent. Uh, so it, being that they're 4-6, and six, they have lost three games by a total of five points. Seattle, Tennessee, and Dallas, so those are really hurt. You flip those, you're a 7-3 football team. At the NFL, it's really a game of inches, and it's showing more and more as time goes on, but we're going to kind of break down each position and talk about kind of what the future holds for the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to start right at the top. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're not going to pull any punches. We're going to talk quarterback. Kirk Cousins he is the king of volatility. One week, he'll look like a top five quarterback. He'll just be slinging it around, dropping dimes, looking absolutely fantastic. Think of the first like 56 minutes of the Cowboys game. Just yeah, master class quarterback play. And then the Atlanta game throws an interception on the first play when he's staring right at the linebacker, Deion Jones. Devin, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you're obviously looking at the cap situation with Kirk Cousins. If they trade him, it's 20 million dead cap. If they cut him, it's 41. If he's on the team on March 20th, his 45 million salary for 2022 becomes guaranteed. What do you see the Vikings doing here at the quarterback position? Do they move on from Cousins? Do they uh, just kind of ride it out because they've trapped themselves in a corner? Like, what are your opinions on the man they call Kirk Cousins? Well, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with what happens, you know, throughout the rest of this season. I think, like you said, he's had good games and he's had very, you know, down moments Falcons game. Uh, last couple minutes of the Cowboys game. So to me, if I'm the Vikings, I probably have to ride it out. You just can't afford having that much dead cap on your roster because you have other needs that we'll get to in a second. Um, so if I'm the Vikings, depending on what happens the rest of the season, uh, you have to start looking towards the future and figure out, is he the guy for you going forward? You know, is he or is he someone that's going to move on once his contract is up? So I think the Vikings need to take a hard look at the quarterback class and see who they can find. And I mean, if they're continuing on their trajectory that they're on now, they'll probably be more towards the team picks, probably 13, 14, 15. 
Um, but, you know, if things kind of just go south, then I think they're, they'll really consider getting a quarterback a la, you know, um, Trey Lance, potentially Zach Wilson. I don't think they'll be in play for Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, but I think, you know, those guys, Kyle Trask in the mix, uh, you know, some people are uh, mentioning Mike Jones potentially first round. So those those second tier of quarterbacks that aren't quite on Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields um, level, but um, are still pretty good quarterbacks. I think the Vikings take a hard look at that. But, you know, if they end up like seven and nine, eight and eight, then you just got to ride it out with them and, you know, look, start looking toward the future at quarterback and and see if, if this is the class to get one. But if not, you know, potentially 2022. You know, it, this is a really tough call for a lot of us here in Viking land because the volatility of Cousins, as we kind of mentioned, and, it, you know, if this team finishes seven or nine and eight and eight and Cousins keeps putting up these numbers, how much uh, is he going to be able to r- rely on the fact that the defense just hasn't played well all year outside of the Chicago game? But Chicago is also putrid in every sense of the word on offense from play calling to offensive line play quarterback. The only good player on that offense feels like is Allen Robinson. And it's just a travesty. He keeps having to deal with that day in and day out. And you saw him uh, at Penn state just having what feels like garbage throwing him the football for like yeah. a decade. Yeah. And it's pretty much his entire career. I mean, he, he's had subpar quarterback play and, uh, I mean, at least I can say for the Vikings, at least you're not the Bears and have no idea what you're doing at quarterback. I mean, you're you're basically rotating quarterbacks almost every other week. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting conundrum for the Vikings if they want to move on from Cousins because if they're going to do it in the midst of this soft rebuild, they got to do it now because next year is already a really rough cap year for everybody, considering that it's going to be dropping a, a whopping like. I think it's at twelve and a half percent down to one hundred and seventy-five million dollars. So if you're if you're just going to eat it, that, that's probably the time to do it. But it'll be interesting. As far as quarterbacks go, who do you see as potential replacements for Kirk Cousins if they choose to go that route? Are you thinking like uh, Kyle Trask might be better, a Trey Lance, Zach Wilson with this Gary Kubiak system, which is incredibly similar to what Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay run? Because it, all of their systems derived from Gary Kubiak. Who do you think is the best fit to take over for Kirk Cousins? Well, if you're looking for someone to kind of fit in, I my vote would be Trey Lance. Um, I think that his movement skills and, and just the raw talent he he has, you know, he has a lot of traits that uh, GMs will covet. Um, so I would I was pick between either Lance or Wilson. Uh, but d- depending on who you prefer, uh, for me, I think it had to be Lance because then it will be a good situation because then Kirk Cousins is basically the quarterback for the moment. And then, you know, he can learn how um, Trey Lance can learn underneath Kirk Cousins and, and kind of take some of the professionalism and how he conducts everything day to day and kind of learn and take the reins in. And that way, when it's time for Kirk Cousins to move on or they're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins, Lance's, you know, has, has some time to sit down, sit back and watch. And, and hopefully, you know, he can be the player that we think he, he can be. Um, and, and that is, you know, a, an elite talent. So for me, I would personally take Trey Lance um, if I had to pick. 
but uh, if they if they're not going to be in range for him, someone like Kyle Trask could fit in uh, potentially nicely, especially with the weapons that he'd be coming into as well. You got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Irv Smith Jr., Kyle Rudolph. So you have a bevy of weapons for him immediately. And uh, that that would be a perfect thing for Kyle Trask because the running game is going to be the number one thing for Minnesota. They, they cling to that as their calling card uh, and that sets up play action. And as we know, uh, Kyle Trask is pretty good on play action. So I, I would like to see him as well. If you can't get Trey Lance. And I, I think you bring up a really good point that the running game is the catalyst for this football team. And we can take that smooth transition right into running back where you have Dalvin Cook, who is arguably the best running back in the National Football League. And if you don't think he's the best, I think he's undisputed top five at this point, especially with how he's carrying this offense behind an improved but still not great offensive line. And Cousins, it really thrives off that play action pass. Uh, Dalvin obviously has injury concerns. He's already missed uh, some time this year, and he's missed time in all four of his NFL seasons. Alexander Madison is the backup. Haven't really seen a whole lot from him this season, but if you're the Minnesota Vikings, are you comfortable with Dalvin and Alexander Madison, or are you thinking about maybe investing uh, some more resources in that backfield to try and get an improved backup for Cook just in case? Because in 2017 – they had to rock Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray all the way to the NFC Championship game with Cook Torres ACL. Yeah, uh, I think it's always good to have a good staple of running backs. So I wouldn't mind if they put, you know, use some of their capital and drafted a running back or, or take one off of the free agency pool. Um, I think it's important to have not just two backs, but three and four because injuries happen so quick especially in this season as well, COVID uh, has hit a lot of teams hard. So having, you know, I wouldn't use more than probably a a fourth round pick on a running back higher than that if you're the Vikings. But someone, you could find someone, uh, you know, late day three as well. Running backs of all the, probably of all the positions, you can find guys in every single round. You can find them, you know, UDFA as well. So there's no guarantee that, you know, your fourth round pick will, t- will pan out, your third round pick, your seventh round pick could pan out, your UDFA. So from the Vikings, I would at least take a look and see who is available in those later rounds, but I would not use my first couple round picks on a running back at this point. You know, I tend to agree with you. It'd be nice to get another body in there, but when you spent a 2017 second, a 2019 third, it just feels like it It would be too much of a luxury unless a guy like ETN decided to fall all the way into the 70s, which would be an absolute travesty. But what isn't a travesty is the Vikings wide receiver core. They have Adam Thielen, who they plucked out of the middle of nowhere. Everybody by this point knows his story. And then they traded a fan favorite and my personal favorite player in the National Football League, Stephon Diggs. And they got pick 22, which they turned into Justin Jefferson who at this point is trending to be a better player than Stefan Diggs, which is, in my opinion, shocking. I didn't think that he would develop nearly this fast, and I didn't think we'd ever have him as a player to be better than Diggs. But he's got a 90.6 PFF grade. His route running is just straight-up nasty. He's got the confidence of a receiver that you want because you want a guy with just a little bit of attitude, a little bit of just cockiness. He's got it. He's got the whole package. But the Vikings just don't have that third guy. 
In this offense, you run a lot of two tight end sets, but it's also 2020 in the National Football League. How long can this team really thrive with just two receivers? And do they need to think about investing a top pick into a third guy to play with Jefferson and Thielen? Well, luckily for them, this is an extremely deep wide receiver class. Um, There are guys that will fall in the third, fourth, and fifth round simply because of the depth of the draft and not only the receiver position, but some of the other positions as well. So to me, I don't think they necessarily need to use a top pick on a receiver, but if you find a guy like, God forbid, Rondell Moore dropped second round or or a, a player of that caliber, uh, maybe a Devontae Smith, somebody, somebody like that that has that versatility to play inside and outside. Now you're going to really be uh, putting a lot of investment in that offense. And then, you know, it, it should be interesting to see what they're going to do with the quarterback position then. But to me, um, similar to running back, you don't want to use uh, a first, second round pick on a receiver because I think there are other pressing needs on the Vikings roster that need to be address probably before that but if there is a guy that is a can't miss for your organization and will fit in nicely then you should definitely go after him um you know receiver is one of those positions you can never have too many good receivers um because like like i said with running back you never know when your top guy is going to go down justin jefferson has played out of his mind um you know a lot of people thought he was mainly a slot guy but based on who he played for in the system they ran, he just fit better in that offense, particularly to run uh, mainly in the slot and it allowed him to get the ball in space and such. But, you know, coming out of LSU, he was, he was already a a pretty talented route runner. He was overshadowed by Jamar Chase. And uh, to some degree, some people are putting a lot more stock into Terrence Marshall, Terrence Marshall as well. But when you look at Justin Jefferson, he has been phenomenal. Adam Thielen, uh, the model consistency, uh, he always should be an argument to to be a top 10, top 15 receiver. He is just that consistent. Um, but you need a third guy, like you said. Teams are going to cue it, um, you know, put a lot of attention towards Jeff, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So you need that third guy uh, specifically to to kind of take some of that middle of the field as well. We know that Thielen likes to work the sideline, likes to, um, you know, run from the slot as well as well as Jefferson but you need that third guy that can take some of the attention off of that so I think that they'll be able to find that in this draft I don't think it'll necessarily need to come in the first or second round though and I think this is going to be an interesting draft just for that receiver position because one of the last times that there was this incredibly deep receiving core the Vikings ended up with Stefan Diggs in round five when there's just no chance he should have been there but with an ankle injury his senior year and just the incredible depth in that class, he ended up falling to that spot. And maybe they're going to be able to find a diamond in the rough as well. But I, I'm with you. I really hope that they've decided to put some assets into that. Even though a first-round pick may not be smart with the needs on this team and void of that second-round pick because of the Yannick Ngakwe trade, round three might be that sweet spot. So we'll see. But the guys that really you think would be the third option in this specific uh, zone running scheme offense is the tight end position. Kyle Rudolph has been a model of consistency. He's not going to do much between the twenties, but he's going to be a monster in the red zone. And then Irv Smith Jr. The second round pick from 2019 has not taken that next step. Some of it has been injury. Some of it has been the emergence of Justin Jefferson, but these guys are good blockers. They 
have high uh, run blocking grades according to PFF. And not only that, but they have done a good job in the pass catching game. The issue with Rudolph is he's making $9 million a year through 2024. The Vikings might need to consider moving on from Kyle Rudolph, but then there's a question like you're going to open up this hole at tight end. Do you maybe make an investment in a Brevin Jordan? Or if Kyle Pitts is there and you just fall in love, does he become that third wide receiver? Uh, Devin, do you move on from Kyle Rudolph here? And if you do, how do you try and replace uh, not only the production, but the character of the man himself? It's going to be tough. Uh, he, Like you say, he's been a model of consistency, and he's made some big catches in his career. Um, and, and he continues to be that red zone threat. But $9 million tied up in uh, a tight end that, you know, is simply now at this stage of his career turned to mainly a blocker and, and a red zone threat. I just don't think the, the Vikings can afford to have that. So I think they have to move on. And uh, they, they're going to have to draft a, a younger guy. Now, it depends on – like I said, this class is deep, so you got to figure out who do you want to get go after. I don't think they go after Kyle Pitts just based on the needs they have. Kyle Pitts is probably gone gone by the time they get to him anyway, uh, depending on who is ahead of him. And it, even if he isn't, you know, there are going to be guys that potentially could fit better into the system. Uh, I just don't know if Kyle Pitts would really be that guy that fits directly into what the Minnesota Vikings run currently. Um, Brevin Jordan, he's kind of similar to, to what Kyle Pitts does as well. So they may have to go a little bit traditional, uh, more of a hand in the ground tight end, someone that can play in line. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of who could that, who that, who, who could that be? Uh, potentially a guy like Hunter Long out of Boston college. Uh, maybe a Charlie Kolar. Yeah. Maybe Charlie, Charlie Kolar, even though I don't like his, his speed and whatnot, but he does, he is a physical blocker and I think he would, do a nice job in, in this uh, Vikings offensive system. So maybe you spend a third or fourth round pick on Kohler. Cause um, I think he'll probably be uh, in a, in around that range. And then you hope Irvin Smith takes that next step. You, you know, usually in the NFL, they say it takes three, four years for tight ends to really take that next step. So uh, we'll see if he can do that. Obviously there are very few cases where tight ends emerged in their second year. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson has done a much better job this year uh, compared to his rookie season. Still waiting on Noah Fant to to kind of break out as well from a couple years ago. But, uh, you know, you got to be patient with Earl Smith Jr. And if he's the guy that, you know, you guys trust in, then uh, patience will be key. But he definitely needs to uh, take that next step. But when he's had opportunities, he, he's made the most of them. So uh, from for me, from the Vikings, I'd be somewhat comfortable with Irv Smith going forward, but you need to find someone that fits that Kyle Rudolph role. And, and someone like Charlie Kolar could be really good for that. You know, I, I'm with you right there. And it's going to be really interesting to see if the Vikings are going to be able to separate the character of the man and what he's done for the community versus the player itself. Cause the player is still capable, but at $9 million, it's especially with that shrunk, shrunken cap, it's going to be a little bit too rich. Now with Vikings fans, Devin, I don't know if you know this, the offensive line, the offensive line gets a lot of people in trouble. It, it creates really strong arguments. And we need to know, Devin, do you believe guards matter? No. Thank you. Guards do not matter. Now, they matter in the context of they can't be utter crap. 
you can't just throw Dakota Dozier out there week in and week out and expect him to play really good football. But if you have average to above average guards, you and you don't need to spend a first round pick on them. You can be really successful. You have cornerstones right now. Reef has shown he can be a left tackle cornerstone. Bradbury has shown a lot of improvement at center. He still has a little bit of work to do with that anchor to really be able to handle those powerful rushers. And then Brian O'Neill was an absolute steal at 62 a couple years ago, and he is one of the best young right tackles in the National Football League. If you're the Vikings, how do you try and continue to throw resources at this offensive line? Because in the last four years, they have thrown a first, a second, a third, and multiple fourth-round picks at this offensive line to try and fix it and make a difference. And it's slowly improving, but it's still a bottom half of the league unit. But when you look at this roster, Devin, and after watching this team play, how do you attack it, especially with the cap situation the Vikings are in? Well, you're going to have to draft. Let me, before, let me uh, clarify what I'm about to say. You need to draft a guard, but you also need to make sure that you're going to have someone that you can rely on. Because, look, right now their guards currently, uh, it's, it's just not a great situation, especially their left guard. Um, and I find that, you know, it, it, they tend to not run behind them. And when you're starting to mainly run to the right, because like a, a lot, I can tell they have a lot more confidence in that right side and, and running to the right. You got to be able to run left as well, and and they just have not been able to do that this season. So they need to address it. Uh, first round pick for a guard is an absolute no, um, just based on what the position and the value of it. You don't need to throw a first round pick at a guard. Now you have had many, you know, discussions, you know, really only the only interior offensive line you can justify taking top 15, top 20. It it had to be Quentin Nelson. Um, I I just don't see anyone in this particular draft specifically at guard that, that warrants a, a top 15, top 20 pick at guard. Now you got people like Trey Smith, um, you know, people are talking about uh, Rashawn Slater potentially moving down to guard. Uh, Alex Leatherwood has played some guard this season. So there are some guys out there that have that versatility to play tackle on guard. So I'm saying all this to say, I think the Vikings may need to potentially look at one of those players that can do play multiple positions um, because you know, when a lot of teams, uh, there's a good bit of teams that are, are hit with injury, especially on the offensive line. And uh, I'm going to use the New Orleans Saints as an example. Uh, they have t- money tied up, and obviously, Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek, um, and then Eric McCoy is is their, that's the, that's the core three right there. But then the guards are the biggest question. Now you got Andrews Pete, you know, Saints do a lot of money at him. He's been up and down, and then they drafted Cesar Ruiz, uh, center, who, who played center in the uh, college football, but he's transitioned to guard. So I think that if they find someone that can play multiple positions and not just have that one guard standing, then maybe you can justify taking them earlier, like second. Well, they don't have a second round pick, but maybe first round. But 
it's just very difficult to say right now that they need to go and get a guard in the first round because it it just you just can't really justify that in, in terms of value. So if I'm the Vikings, you got to figure out who will fit best in their scheme that they run and then figure out what value of him do you have. And I really do think that you can find someone, a starting guard, third, fourth, fifth round, as long as you find him for the needs you have uh, in, in terms of what offensive system you're running and, and the types of run plays you run. I think they can find someone uh, in those mid rounds. I agree. I think you can find somebody in those mid rounds and, a lot of Vikings fans really want Wyatt Davis. But when I watch Wyatt Davis, I don't think he's great at anything. I think he's really good at everything. And what? while I don't feel he has truly elite at anything, I don't think you can justify taking a player like that just because it's safe. Like, watching the NBA draft here a couple weeks ago, do you want to take the safe guy? Do you want to take the Draymond Green? Or do you want to take the high upside guy? The Wolves just got Anthony Edwards, who's got all the upside in the world. I want the upside guy I don't, in the first round. I want the guy who could be great, who could be a Hall of Famer. I don't want the guy who could be really good for the next decade. I want a difference maker. And that I just w- hope that Vikings fans can come see the light with Wyatt Davis. Because if you can get him in the beginning of the second round, which he won't fall that far, if you can get him there, I'm all for it. I think that would be good value. Second, third round picks. I wrote an article for climbing the pocket about guard position and why you can wait on it. Of the top 10 highest paid guards, three of them are first round picks. Two are second round picks. Four are third round picks. One of them's undrafted. Now that obviously eliminates all the guards on rookie contracts. Quentin Nelson. But at the same time, it, it proves that you can find guards after day one that can be highly effective in difference-making players for your football team. I don't think you need to use a pick on a guard right away. I think maybe if you take a guy like Rashawn Slater and you play him at guard right away and then you transition him to tackle when you move on from Riley Reef, that would make some sense. But the upside just isn't there at guard. You need to have better players at the tackles and center. If you have average players at guard, you're capable. And that's all you need to be. Devin, you're muted. My bad. Yeah, my <laughs> bad about that. Uh, but yeah, Rashawn Slater is someone I would really like in, in their system. And like I said uh, earlier, a lot of people were kind of split on whether he should be a guard or should be a, should he be a tackle. But he has that versatility and he's a good football player. You know, he, uh, a lot of people talk about his game against Chase Young. Uh, you know, he probably did the best job of any guard tackle center of blocking him one on one. So that's someone you want to bring in and he can be a difference maker. He helped eliminate Chase Young in that particular game. Now, they still didn't win the game because Northwestern was not great last season, but. When you have someone that can neutralize uh, a big time pass rusher or can, you know, help, you know, against the Aaron Donalds of the world, I'm, we're not expecting them to him to be blocked the entire game, but someone that can hold their own against the elite. Because at, at the end of the day, you got to have someone, you know, that can not only 
you know, move bodies, but someone that can hold down the pass protection. And that has been a struggle at times for the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. It absolutely has. And Devin, as we wrap up this first part of our two-part series with the Minnesota Vikings, looking at the offense and the Vikings currently owning picks 13, 76, and 91. What do you want them to utilize with this offensive group with those three picks? What is your ideal scenario for the Minnesota Vikings without free agency included? Um, for me, it would be, uh, if we're talking about just the offense, at 13, you can maybe get one of those quarterbacks I was talking about earlier, assuming they stay in that position. Um so I, I'm looking at someone like Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask as, as some of the targets in, in at 13. Now 76, um, now it, it turns into who is available and who is there. Uh, maybe a guy like Trey Smith is there. I don't know how people view him, our NFL circles view him, but he it, it, he's a dominant guard uh, in, in college football right now and, and can fit in into that zone scheme uh, that the, the Minnesota Vikings run. So maybe I'm looking at him. Um, we don't know what, what Rashawn Slayer is going to do. He's probably long gone. Uh, so maybe a guy uh, from Alabama like Deontay Brown uh, could, could be a, a viable pick at 96 or 76 or 91. Um, or you could go receiver and get that third guy and get someone like maybe Elijah Moore or a Kadarius Tony or somebody like that. Someone that's electric and, and can do something with the ball in his hands and, and, and dependable. So uh, that would be my outlook for, for what the Vikings should do. Uh, try and get a quarterback at 13, depending on who's available and who you like. Uh, I think based on the offensive positions, that is probably the best value you're going to get because um, they don't necessarily need tackles. And to me, it's either quarterback or tackles for the Vikings in first round. Uh, but they they really don't need a tackle, and then try attack the guard and receiver positions, and then, uh, you know, if you if you can't find any of that, maybe go after one of the tight ends, um, you know, one of the tight ends uh, in round three. So that would be how I would attack it, um, just based on their current positioning. Now, depending on what happens throughout the rest of the season, now if they go lower, you get a better chance potentially of, of going getting a guy like Trey Lance, but. I imagine at 13, he might be gone. Uh, so maybe Zach Wilson or maybe Kyle Trask. Uh, but then, you know, if all of them are gone, then you're you're going to have to figure something out then because I, I don't have an answer for that. I, I, I think right now at least one of those quarterbacks I named will be available, but we never know with the NFL. Yeah, the NFL is really weird. And as we wrap this up, Devin, I'm going to put you on the spot. Of the five positions that we talked about today, rank them – for importance on what you think the Vikings needs are going to become draft time. Um, I say one QB two, probably the third receiver and then three guard, then four tight end and then five running back. All right. Well, Devin, I appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be back with part two where Devin and I discuss the defense here on the next episode. Until then, have yourself a wonderful day.
Perfect. Are you down to talk defense now, or do you want to yeah. hold yeah, that we, off? We can go ahead. Perfect. I figured since we've, we've spent so much time talking, I wanted to split it into two parts so we can get some extra content. For sure. All right. Awesome. Three, two, one.